Hello, and welcome to the very first Healthy Nurse Connection podcast, where we are building connections to improve the health and wellness of nurses. Did you know that reading has been shown to reduce stress? Well, it is true. So today we are talking with Amanda Skinnador, who is a nurse and a writer. She has written several historical fiction novels that have nurse and medical related themes, and I can't wait to talk with her. So let's get going. Hi, and welcome to the Healthy Nurse Connection, where we are building connections to improve the health and wellness of nurses. I'm Leslie Catalano, your host, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Nurse Connection podcast, where we are building connections to improve the health and wellness of nurses. Today, we are talking with nurse and author Amanda Skinnendorf. Uh, She is author of several books, such as The Nurse's Secret and The Second Life of Muriel West. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Good. Welcome to the show. So one of the reasons I invited you on today is because the Healthy Nurse Connection is about providing and sharing tips on health and wellness. And for me, reading is one of those things that I feel like I have to have in my life because it really helps me relax and just kind of get away um, for a moment. And it ha- there has research that shows that like 30 minutes of reading can actually like lower your blood pressure and your heart rate and even decrease like psychological stress. So I thought like combining like reading um, mm-hmm. on our podcast and talking with an author who has been a nurse was kind of a great combination. So welcome to the show. I'm so glad to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. I love it. So I do want to get to know you a little bit better. So if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I currently live in Las Vegas. I have been a nurse uh, 15 years now. I'm originally from Colorado and that's that's where I grew up. That's where I got my um, nursing degree. But right as soon as I graduated, we moved out here to Las Vegas and I've been here ever since. So it's the only state that I've ever practiced um, nursing in. I started out in the a neonatal ICU and um, I have since moved into infection prevention and I still do that. Um, technically, I'm a per diem nurse, but I work um, part-time. Part-time wow. hours. <laughs> I'm sure you've been really busy in infection prevention the last few years. Yes, it's been um, lots of unique challenges, yeah. but uh, I, I have to say I know that the pandemic has been a just a huge struggle uh, for nurses. I, that's even an understatement. Um, but and there were absolutely times I think where I just wanted to throw up my hands and give up. Um, but now that we are a little bit sort of you know into the I don't know post COVID world, if you will, the you know new normal. Um, I feel very grateful that I was a nurse at that time and that I was an infection prevention nurse at the time. And it really brought a lot of purpose to my life. Um, So in that way, I'm I'm not at all to say that I'm grateful for the pandemic, but I just am grateful for the profession and, um, and what that's offered me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, 
because it has been challenging, but if you can find like a positive side of it, that is a great way to kind of move forward. As mm-hmm. like you said, we're kind of ending the pandemic, but we'll never like go back to what we were. Like it's right. New normal. That's awesome. Um, well, I also like to talk to nurses about their why, because like you said, it's been really rough and it's been really hard. And I feel like one thing that is really important is remembering why we even became a nurse. So when we have those really hard days and we're ready to just give up and say, you know, this isn't for me anymore, like Mm -hmm. going back to like, well, why did I even choose this career in the first place? So what was your why? Or what is your why? Yeah, for me, so I'll say too, I think my why now and my why then maybe are not the same. But when I began, I think, you know, many nurses, they come from you know, a family of nurses, their mom or their grandma or their aunt, someone in their life was a nurse and sort of inspired them to, to be a nurse. That was not, not the case with me. I didn't actually grow up knowing anyone um, very well who was a nurse. But I, when I went to college, I felt like, you know, I should do something practical, something um, where I would have the ability to, to find a job, um, a job that was, you know, transportable. I had just met my man who would be my husband. And um, he wanted to work for the FBI. So I thought, oh, I need something, a job that I can move around a lot with. And I wanted something that was both like intellectually challenging, but also where I wouldn't be doing the same thing every single day where I would get to have like a sense of purpose, I think, um, that I was doing something meaningful with my life and nursing and just like checked all those boxes. And that's why I initially became a nurse. And I would say, I'm still a nurse <laughs> now. Um, much, you know, it, it turns out my husband decided not to be in the FBI. We've stayed in Las Vegas for 15 years, so I didn't need to move around. But um, I will say that I still, I think, really cling to this this feeling of, and even, you know, in my small way, right? I'm in infection prevention, so I'm not even at the bedside anymore. But I, I, I do believe that what I do when I go into the hospital makes a difference. And and, you know, kind of tying back into the pandemic, that was really the moment that I felt that for the first time, I felt really incredibly proud to be a nurse. And I hope all of the nurses who work through the pandemic do as well. Like, really, as a whole society, I think we have gone through something so difficult and, and amazing that we have come out of it how we have. You know, I know not to say that obviously there was so much difficulty and challenge and and sadness and sorrow and screw ups, right? Like all of those things at the same time, like there were beautiful, incredible moments and lives that were saved. And, and that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that we should be proud of what we do and what we have done. And Mm -hmm. we are a unique, you know, population, I guess is the way to say it. And I feel like we need to like, go through this together so like Mm -hmm. as we were like went through that together we're now on the other side but there's still a lot of healing that i think we don't do and i really feel like we need to do that together so like making those connections and talking to other people and how they manage it i think is extremely important but yeah Mm -hmm. we should even though it was rough we should still be proud of like the work that we did and have done and will continue to do yes yes great way to say it So tell me about writing. How did you go from like nurse to (laughs) writer? Yes. So I always loved writing. Um, It was definitely one of my passions, you know, even as a child, um, 
was always my favorite assignment in class. I think back to um, junior high school, you know, when you used to pass notes to your friends, this was, <laughs> I was there before we had phones. So we just, you know, wrote on paper and we passed notes, but I had a friend, she and I would actually pass stories. So I would like start the story in period one and I'd pass it to her and she'd write, keep writing in period two and back and forth, you know, all day. So it was just something that I, I had loved forever, I suppose. Um, you know, but then, as I mentioned, I went to school and I thought, well, I need, I should do something that is a bit more of a sure thing. Um, so I kind of set, set that aside. And then I will say um, that my first job in nursing was really tough. And, you know, maybe people are familiar with that phrase that nurses eat their young. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrible thing, but I, it certainly was true for me in my initial experience um, as a, as a brand new nurse. And I spent the first three years of my career hating what I did to the point that I (laughs) would be driving to work thinking, you know, if I just got in a very small accident where I wasn't hurt and I didn't hurt anyone else, but I couldn't go into work, like that would be the perfect thing. And, and then somehow I just took a step back and I thought, this is crazy. Like, I don't want to live a life where where I feel that every single time I go into work. Um, and so I ended up taking a little short story writing class at the college here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, just as a, a like a little hobby thing. And I loved it. Like it completely rekindled that feeling that I always had with writing. And so I thought, you know what, I want to try to write a novel. And I did what um, they always say, like, don't quit your day job. (laughs) And I didn't listen to that advice. And I did quit. And I, you know, of course, talked to my husband and said, you know, I want to be a writer. And he said, okay, he was he was very supportive. And I had this very naive idea about writing that profession that, you know, I would write this book, and then suddenly, people would swarm and be like, Oh, you're the author I've been waiting for, Um, you know, kind of just appear out of the blue. And that's not at all the way that it works in writing. But I did, I, I wrote a book, um, I edited it. And then I realized again, very soon after like, okay, this is not what I thought it would be this. I need to learn how the profession works. How do you go from, I've written a book to I've published um, a book. That's a, that's a, a big, um, big leap. Golf. Yes, it's a big leap. Um, and so I did. I studied the industry. I learned how to query an agent um, and just sort of got the fundamentals down. And, and at that point, I realized that was about a year in. I was like, this is going to take a lot longer than I thought. And so and I think this is a great thing about nursing is that I could go back. And I did. I found another job in a different um NICU that was just a better fit for me, a better, it was a little bit smaller. Um slightly different, obviously, um, group of nurses. And, and I enjoyed it much more. And I could still do that and write at the same time. So I put that first book that I wrote away, I kind of think of it as like my, my training wheels book, <laughs> and um, started working on the book that would become the first book that I published, the uh, Between Earth and Sky. But that book, in and of itself, it took six years to write. I mean, I was writing like the first draft took six months, but then, and this is a big thing with writing, it's editing and you're coming back to it and changing this and getting, you know, feedback from people that you trust, um, people in the industry and just revising and revising until finally you have a book that 
someone's willing to take a chance on. And, and so it's that I think persistence in the work, but also there's a bit of luck in that as well. And I, I did get lucky and I found an agent who was willing to um, represent me that sort of the, you know, there's, there's multiple ways today where you can be published. Um, if you're an indie publish, you can, you know, publish your book yourself, but I, I didn't want to learn how to format a book. I didn't want to learn how to create a cover, um, all of those pieces. I, I just wanted to, to do the, the writing piece of it. And so I wanted to do the more um, traditional route where you find a literary agent and then that literary agent approaches publishers with your manuscript and say, hey, are you interested in this book? Yeah. Um, and thankfully we found a publisher who was, and I've been um, writing and, and like I said, nursing part-time ever since. That's awesome. I've actually like really admire that because um, this group, the Healthy Nurse Connection, kind of stemmed from my own like wanting to write because I've always been interested in writing. And just like you, I was too practical in mm -hmm. college where I'm like, that's not going to give me a paycheck at the end of the day. So what else do I, and nursing was always another passion of mine. So mm -hmm. I went into nursing first, but through the pandemic, you know, I found journaling like really kind of got me through and saved me mm -hmm. and really sparked my interest in writing more. So yeah. that started doing a little bit of freelance writing on the side. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So I would love, love to write a novel, but I feel like that is, I don't know, maybe that is, I don't know. <laughs> like I just admire you for like taking uh <laughs> I mean, it is certainly um, a hard feat, but I think I, at the same time, I think that anyone, anyone can do it. I, I, I truly believe that, that, you know, it's, it's especially, especially nurses because, you know, we do, we experience a lot of life, right? You, you, when you're there with, with patients, you're just, you're just seeing so many different facets, I think of the world um, in, in what you do. And, and feeling so much. I, I do think that we have a feeling profession. There's definitely the left brain part of it, but at the end of the day, there is also this, these connections that you're forming with people. And that forms, I think, a really important foundation for writing, right? You, you need that. You need to bring that um, to your writing. And so I, I think, I think I say, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to tuck that in the back of my head and still think about it. <laughs> Um, but I just really admire that about you. Thank you. Um, so the book I read that led me to you was The Second Life of Muriel West. And I loved it. It was one of those books where I purchased it and I didn't really know like what I was getting into. And mm -hmm. then as soon as I started it, I just couldn't put it down. Like it was just a fascinating story. So if you haven't read this book or heard about it, it is about um, a woman, Muriel West, who is living like the Hollywood life in the 1920s. Her husband is a Hollywood actor and they go to all these fancy parties and just living that high life. They have two little girls um, and then she gets a diagnosis of leprosy and is sent to a leper colony, which I didn't even know we ever had any in the United States. So how did you even hear about that or like find that story? Yeah, I, I came from the same place. I had heard of, you know, Molokai, in, which is an island um, in Hawaii, where they had um, a leper colony for decades. 
But I didn't know that we also had one here, you know, like in the continental United States. And I was thinking about stories, you know, story ideas, truthfully. And I had written um, a few pieces, I would say, a few threads of medical history into my previous book, The Undertaker's Assistant, and found that I really enjoyed that piece of writing. And so I thought maybe I would like to write more about about medical history. So I was in that sort of general section of the library and I come across this tiny book that says, it's called um, Carville, Remembering Leprosy in America. And I thought, leprosy in America? What What is that? And I, I pulled it off the shelf, went to this little corner and read it cover to cover. And because like you, I had no idea that Carville existed. I had no idea that we had, you know, a leper colony and hospital there in, in rural Louisiana. But you know, even more than that, I'm an infection prevention nurse, and I had such such a little knowledge of the disease. And also, I think what I thought that I knew, so much of that was wrong. Um, and then, on top of on top of that, what really struck me were the stories of the, the people who had been at Carville, because when you were diagnosed with leprosy um, in the 19th and most of the 20th century you were isolated, you were quarantined, and not just like for a little while, but oftentimes for your the rest of your life. And so reading these stories about people to whom that had happened, and the way that they were ripped apart from their family, and the way that the disease, or I should say the stigma of the disease really haunted them and their families, that just, that really struck me as something um, that I think was important to share. Yeah, yeah, it was like devastating and heartbreaking at times. But it was fascinating. Um, so I really enjoyed that book. And I noticed that you have a lot of, like, it wasn't necessarily like a nursing book, but you talk mm-hmm. a lot about medical procedures. And in Carville, you know, it, nuns who were running it. So they were essentially the nurses. And then mm-hmm. even the residents there, like, learned kind of the nursing techniques. So I guess, like, how has your nursing career helped or inspired or shaped your writing? Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, I would say both like in overt ways in that I'm now with The Second Life of Muriel West or my latest book, The Nurse's Secret, like I'm writing um, very specifically about about nursing, about medical history. Um, But also, I think it's informed my books in, again, in that way that Nursing, it exposes us to all types of different people, all types of, you know, different circumstances. I would say, you know, certainly that's something that I felt as a a nurse in the ICU, the neonatal ICU, like you're with families for some of the most wonderful moments of their lives. And unfortunately, and thankfully, rather infrequently, but, but also with people, you know, in some of the worst moments of their lives. Mm-hmm. And and everything in between, right? Like all kinds of highs and lows in between that and and moments of extreme stress and moments of just like quiet beauty. You, you know, you you really get to see so much of that. And I think those those things have also I think opened my mind a bit. And I might and I try to bring that that to my writing. I think a little bit of that that subtlety too and that you know, as your nurse, I think you just start to see things from different sides and you realize that there's not often the black and white that we sometimes see 
or, or, or initially see in the world that we just, the more you get to know someone, the, the more time you spend with the patient or patient's family um, or learn about their circumstances, that there's just a whole bunch of gray and people struggling and trying to do their best and sometimes failing and sometimes the system failing them. And so I, I think in that way that I have brought to my writing as well. Yeah, that's good. Um, you also have a newer book out, which you kind of mentioned, The Nurse's Secret. I haven't read this one yet, but it is on my reading list. But can you just tell us a little bit about that one or what that story is about? Absolutely. So when I went to nursing school, I learned very little about the history of the profession. Um, and I don't necessarily see that as a shortcoming, right? Obviously, the important things are, you know, how do you do a thorough assessment of a patient and pharmacology and things like that? Um, but I, but it was loving history. I was just kind of always interested. And I had this sort of vague sense that of Florence Nightingale, and, and that was really it. And then again, as I was sort of poking around in the you know, history of medicine in America, I started to realize that, you know, or learn rather, before before the Civil War and even for about a decade afterward, you know, nurses in America were untrained. They were sometimes, you know, illiterate. They would take women from prisons and workhouses and put them on this hospital ward with 20 patients and say, take care of them. Um, and, and for that reason, and also, of course, you know, many other reasons, hospitals were places that people dreaded to go. And, and it wasn't a profession that people looked on with high regard the way that, that we do today. And I was, so I was curious about that transition. Like, how do, we, how do we go from that, you know, women from prisons and workhouses to, to Florence Nightingale, right? This sort of idyllic image of, of a, I think, a caregiver and also of a woman, like all these things. I was curious how that happened. So I started to research and that's when I came across, you know, the first, you know, nursing school in America, which was opened at Bellevue Hospital in New York and sort of how that, that came to be. And I thought, I want, you know, I want to write about this. I think a lot of people don't, don't know sort of that, that inception moment for professional nursing as, as we see it and know it today. But at the same time, I was aware, you know, <laughs> that I wasn't just writing for nurses and I wasn't just writing for nurses who happened to be particularly curious about the history. I wanted to make a story and I wanted to be careful too. I think anyone who comes from a particular profession, like it's very easy for us to fall into jargon and to make a lot of assumptions about what people know um, about, you know, in this case about medicine. And so I thought I need a character who is coming in from the outside, who doesn't have a medical background, um, who's experiencing all of this for the first time. And that's why I settled on a thief. Um, so count, kind of contrary to the titles, the book title's name, the story is actually about a thief and she's a pickpocket. She's been, you know, living in the slums of New York most of her life and just sort of scraping by. She gets, um, accused by the police of a crime that she didn't commit though. And so now she's actually got to go into hiding as they're trying to find her and pin her for this murder. And she thinks, you know, where's the last place that they would look for me? And it turns out that would be the Bellevue Hospital Nursing School because you went again from these, you know, women who had been um, at workhouses to this really very narrow ideal of what, of what a nurse was. You had to be educated. You had to be between, you know, they wanted women in their 20s and 30s, no younger, no later, you couldn't be divorced. Um, all of these really like tight strictures on what that person would be. And Una, the nurse, my, my thief is nothing like that, but she lies her way in 
And then as she's there at the school begins to see, you know, there's a lot, a lot more to this than I realized and um, really begins to fall in love with the profession. All the while, sort of that past, her past on the street and this um, string of murders continues to follow her into the hospital. Wow, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) That sounds like a great book. Um, So the other thing I just want to kind of touch base on, because you have already expressed how, you know, you've kind of had a, like, like we all have through COVID kind of a rough time and readjusting. So how have you managed to do that? Or like when you feel like stressed or like overwhelmed by everything, like what is your way to kind of relax and um, Mm -hmm. calm down and like reassess everything? Because part of what we do at the Healthy Nurse Connection is share like what works for us because not mm-hmm. every, everybody, but what do you do what to relax and kind of uh, de-stress? Yeah. I love that. I would say a, a, a couple of things like they're sort of small, but they, they really do help. I have found they help me. One is uh, I'm a big list maker. And I think sometimes lists can feel like, Oh, look at all these things that I have to do. But when my mind is spinning, at least I know like, okay, if I just put that there, I know I'm not going to forget it. And I can let that go, whatever that is. Um, I also just very recently, my friend had talked to me about this um, technique of breathing. Some people call it square breathing. She called it box breathing, just um, breathing in for the count of four, holding that breath for the count of four, exhaling for the count of four, and then holding that exhale holding sort of um, empty lungs for the count of four and then doing that again for several cycles. And I found like, so in, in like an acutely stressful moment um, in particular, when I, you know, when I'm not needing to have all my attention focused on something else, I can do this box breathing and it really does help calm me in the moment and ground me and just sort of reduce some of that um, anxiety And then the last thing that I've been doing just recently, but that I found is very helpful is going outside just for a short period of time um, in the early morning, like really when I first wake up and I'll spend not a lot of time, believe it or not, it's still cold here in Las Vegas, but trying to get out um, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes out and actually outside, like not by a window, but outside I bundle up, I go outside um, because there's been a lot of good research that morning sunlight, you know, particularly, um, you know, when you first wake up outdoors can really help with your circadian rhythm and help you sleep better, help with um, depression, all of these things. And so I've been doing a little bit of just getting outside, getting a little bit of sunlight. And I find that really helps. Um, so I know, I mean, these are like kind of small things, not necessarily um, hobbies per se, but I, I find just like picking up these little techniques and then seeing like, oh, you know, this one really works for me. It helps keep me a little bit more um, even keeled, I would say, so that when the big things happen, I, I feel like I have a couple of little tools in my tool belt, if you will, to kind of lean back on to just get myself grounded. Yeah, I I have really found in my own research of health and wellness, it it sounds small, but I have what I have found is it is all these small little things that really build up to a big impact. So like, even though we feel like it's small and even though we feel like 
you know, breathing is not going to save the world, but we need to like step back sometimes and be like, okay, we're not trying to save the world. We're just kind of being calm in this one moment. And, and there's a lot about going outside as well. Um, I haven't heard about the morning sunlight, but that's really awesome to hear. Like that's a whole nother thing that I'm going to hang on, hang on to, but it is all these little small things that we have to like have in our toolkit. So like when the, those big moments do happen, like you said, we have something that we can utilize mm-hmm. um, because when things get overwhelming, I think we have to remember that we have to bring ourselves back to the moment. And those yeah. little things are what bring us back. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. I really like that. Well, do you have any like new projects or anything like on the way, or are you just kind of enjoying accomplished so far <laughs> no um I'm I have a new book I'm working on it's due um you know my editor pretty soon so I'm on deadline and and writing frantically um still kind of keeping with this um you know medical history theme that I guess I've got going for a little while <laughs> this one is about a physician a woman physician in 1900 who's um on the verge of ruin actually I'm sure as you can imagine it was not easy to be a woman physician way back then and she joins a traveling medicine show and a snake oil salesman as they um, go across the country hawking their, you know, cure-all elixirs and things like that. But it ends up for her in a kind of a roundabout way of being a way of, of reconnecting with with real medicine and why she came to the, the profession in the beginning. Well, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to to hear that. I can't wait to read um, This is Secret and kind of see what else you have coming out in the future. Thank you. Uh, And thank you for meeting with me today. Um, You can find us if you wanted to join our Facebook group. We do have a Facebook group called the Healthy Nurse Connection. So you can always find us and follow along. And I'm going to follow along. And for those of you who want to look up Amanda's books, you have a website, right? Yeah. AmandaScanador.com. Yeah. So I will have that in the show notes. um, But the podcasts are on our website. So you guys can visit her page there to see what she has coming along. I think you have a newsletter also that people can join. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys can join her newsletter as well. And just thank you for coming on and talking with me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for everything that you're doing and to, you know, all the listeners. I know you guys do so much. So thank you too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you learned something useful. If so, please share it whether that means sharing this podcast or just passing along the information you learned today. I believe the best way for us to improve our health and wellness is to share the information about what we do in our own lives to improve our health and wellness. If you want to know more about Amanda's book, you can find a link to her webpage on the healthynurseconnection.org website under books. Also, if you want to email me with questions or if you have any tips or tricks about health and wellness that you use in your life, please email me at healthynurseconnection at gmail.com. You can find that on the website as well. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day.